0: What's up,
1: Raj? I'm good, uh,
0: thank you. I'm all right, Raj, man. It's a Friday, man. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great, feeling great. Um, The
1: Euros return tomorrow after a two-day break, so I'm very excited for the last 16. I look forward to the... ...looking back on match day... ...of the competition. Um, So it's going to be...
0: Jump pack episodes this time around. It, it really has to be. I, I mean, uh, we've been suffering a few technical difficulties. I don't know what that's been about, but I guess it's the storm before the calm. I know n- normally people call it the, the calm before the storm, but this one is the, the complete opposite, ain't it?
1: <laughs> it definitely is, and just thankful that we managed to solve the issues, and I look forward to speaking with you about the Euros uh, this evening.
0: Yeah, man, I think just starting from uh, match day two, right? Uh, we are yep, just discussing the, the Portugal and Germany game. Uh, you had just asked me what, what, what were the key moments for me um, during that game. And I think I, I was just highlighting to to you as well as the listeners uh, that the, one of the, the things that really shocked me was how open Portugal was, uh, especially in the back areas. And I think it's been one of the, the things we highlighted when we're analysing this uh, Portuguese team and uh, um, Germany really did well.
1: Absolutely, I definitely said it all. The Portuguese were quite open. Usually they're defensively solid, but in this particular match they were defensively uh, shaky, and the Germans definitely took advantage with the fullbacks, and that had managed to come back from from uh, two goals down to in four two and to. Opened the group F as we know as we know now as the group of death and and now um, that's what made you know the group more interesting so I say kudos to the Germans
0: yeah t- complete dominant performance I think they suffered the setback with the with the early counter check goal which was brilliant from Ronaldo uh,
1: yes correct the Germans were definitely caught off guard I'll say German defense was caught off guard by that uh, yeah. quick goal. And I think that 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 definitely woke them up and they realized, okay, we need to win this game. Otherwise, we have definitely no chance of reaching the next round. Um yeah. So that definitely was a wake-up call and that's how they definitely, you know, turned the game around. It was the end of the first time, the second half, just German domination throughout.
0: Uh, it's, it's incredible what Ronaldo was doing. I mean, at age 36, and he's still playing like he's... He's he's he's, he's 18, 19, so much energy. I don't know what that sort of uh, quality that for players like uh, Andres Silva and uh, uh, and the rest of the young guys in that take of lineup. Um, yeah, like you said,
1: he's a very incredible specimen of an athlete. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, at thirty six, he's still able to run as much and to score as many goals as possible. Just testament to how well he takes care of himself. Um, as I'm sure you've seen. Uh, in one of these press conferences where he moved the bottles of Coke and said, you should drink yeah. water. Um, so that definitely shows how well he takes care of himself. Um, even if you see his uh, social media, I think he does, you know, take care of himself. He eats yeah. the right food, he drinks uh, the right fluids, gets enough sleep. Um, and that's how he's, you know, been able to be, you know, so, uh, you know, so strong, so active for such a long time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, I think so. And uh, Speaking of being active uh, for a long time, I, I feel like uh, Kai Havertz really had an incredible game. Um, him and Naby really interchanged well in that uh, false number nine, deep number 10 position.
1: It was just wonderful to see the two uh, players combine together, Havertz and Naby. Um, it seems like... Um, uh, Harvest has definitely found his form a bit, you know, uh, as we are speaking, you know, about the Champions League final and the winner he scored to win the trophy for Chelsea. He's brought that form from Chelsea yeah. into the national team. So it was fantastic to see him combining with and, uh and just causing the Portuguese defense so much trouble.
0: Ah, man. And, and speaking of causing Portuguese, that the Portuguese defence trouble, um, no, no, no more. Nobody caused more havoc than uh, Gosens. Uh, incredible. Oh, yes. He just blew up on this to a scene. Uh many of us haven't watched him play. I think he's he's been uh, one of the standard performers of the tournament so far.
1: Absolutely, you're very right. Um Robin Gusens who plays at uh Atlanta. And yeah. uh it's true, um maybe not many it's true many people have watched him play, you know, at CVR, but more in the yeah. Champions League. And what he did uh, in that game was very incredible. Um, attacking uh, very well, causing uh, issues for the Portuguese defense, having a goal rule out for outside. Then getting, yeah. you know, getting his just reward later on in the game just shows, you know, how determined he was to play very well um, last time out.
0: Yeah. How, how do you think uh, Santos is feeling right now after such a performance?
1: Uh, I believe he's feeling, you know, Disappointed because he expected his team to perform so much better, to defend very well and to maintain the defensive shape. And unfortunately, they just fell apart against the Germans. So he was definitely, you know, a very unhappy manager.
0: Yeah, many people are are, are feeling like this Portuguese side may may, may not be as potent as we have thought it would be on paper. That's
1: uh, that's very possible because... uh, Looking at the attacking players that they have, you would expect them to be a bit more attacking, um, to score more goals, to really take the game to the opponents, but because of the way they set up, generally, they don't really score so many goals, um, well, by the, the Hungary game, so maybe it was no surprise that uh, they had suffered this 4-2 defeat against Germany.
0: Yeah, and speaking of goals, we're seeing a shock, 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 shock from two teams here, from... England and the Spanish side, uh, although the Spain side in the last game really had an impressive uh, uh, margin, but they've seemingly been struggling for goals. And England as well, if you picked up the the Scotland game, were really, really, really poor in front of goal. Sure, so
1: you're absolutely right. So maybe we can start uh, talking a bit about the Spain game against Poland. Um, Definitely, like you said, the Spanish team played a lot better. National team played a lot better this time. They got a goal. But uh, overall, I still they should have won the game um, against yeah. Poland. They definitely allowed Poland back into the game, which was very disappointing. And I'm sure Luis Enrique was very frustrated at the end of the game. And yeah. despite having so much talent, he, attacking talent, he should have they should have definitely you know scored more goals. I agree with you 100. percent
0: it's, it's, it's a bit interesting what's happening with Alvaro Morata. I mean, today reports coming out of uh, the, the Spanish camp today is that he's suffering a lot of uh, online abuse and uh, bullying uh, because of his lack of uh, goals, per se, and his missed chances. Oh, I don't know. Football is tricky. I think from, from, from a supporter's side, we tend to feel like our frustrations and the way we express them should uh, boost it, the way the player plays. But at the end of the day, players are still human and if we we just keep doing this to them. I don't think it will help the situation, which is as bad as it is.
1: You're absolutely right. You've said it all. Um, I think the way... Absolutely right. The way that uh, Morata was treated after that game was definitely, you know, sad to see. Um, the supporters were definitely disappointed with their national team. They had expected a lot more from the game. They expected them to trounce the polls, but unfortunately that did not happen um, oh. because they squandered chances. So it's true that... Um, As a footballer, um, you're expected to face criticism, you know, from the supporters. Uh, But of course, the manner at which, you know, we express our anger towards the players as supporters, at times is definitely not the greatest of ways. And that has definitely an uh, an effect on uh, the performance of the players. In this case, Alvaro Morata, hence, you know, being, you know, being so much under so much pressure, uh, like he's carrying you know, the national team on his shoulders by himself.
0: And he's expected yeah. to
1: score all the goals. So definitely supporters can have a negative impact on you as a professional footballer.
0: And, and it's quite interesting. Um, Spain failing to score with an open play and uh, seemingly as well, uh, failing to score from the penalty spot. Um, I think um, I'm reading an interesting stat here that I, that I discovered is that um, Spain have failed to score five of their last eight penalties. Well, now it's six since Morata missed in the last game as well. That's 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 interesting. Man. It's uh, definitely
1: a cause for concern um, because in the big competitions, you want your player, your big game player, to score, you know, the penalties because yeah. this can make or break, you know, a national team's tournament. So that's very, uh, definitely a very sad statistic to read. Um, and I just hope that going forward, that the
0: Spanish team can find maybe somebody different to take the penalties. I don't know what the solution is. We were speaking on uh, we were speaking on uh, the, 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 the big game players needing to step up and take those all-important all penalties, such as uh, we've got Ronaldo at Portugal, who's done that countless times. Man.
1: That's correct. And we're just talking right now about Morata and other Spanish players needing to take responsibility. To take penalties yeah. in these big games, so I just hope that uh, Luis Enrique will find a solution, you know, for the tournament,
0: you know, going forward. Yeah, yeah. Let's just going forward. Let's just carry this conversation forward as well. Uh, England Scotland, another low-scoring game, another game filled with minimal chances. What 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 is your take on that? um I say, uh, I say,
1: I say, Bravo to the Scots team. The sc- the Scots, uh, the Scottish national team, for their defensive, you know, um, you know, uh, for being defensive and being, you know, defensively solid against England, um, the old enemy, as you call it, you know, um, the old, uh, the old derby um, between the two nations. Um, the Scots definitely defended a lot better. Um, they definitely didn't give England time on the ball. Um, the three-five-two formation worked. Uh, to perfection for them and that's how they managed to nick a point of the English.
0: It, it, was a, it was quite a physical game. Over 20 fouls 20, in that game. Over 20 fouls. I think we had like five in the open in five minutes. That was just a, a of the of the wires, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. You're correct
1: about that. Um, definitely very physical. It almost yeah. was similar to watching a Premier League game and it was definitely a hopefully contested game between two sides that wanted, you know, to gain some points and try to qualify for the next round. And the Scottish approach was definitely the perfect one. I think uh, they'll be the happier of the side. The English will definitely have felt hard that by despite having the chances, uh, despite and not really, you know, making the most out of them. So I think the English should be a lot more disappointed uh, than the Scottish team, for sure.
0: I think there's there's a lot of uh, disappointment going around the the English camp as well as back home in England. Um, there's been a lot of uh, disappointment at the number of minutes that Jadon Sancho has gotten. Um, widespread cries to to sort of maybe replace Foden and fit in Sancho, who's got an impressive um, scoring and assisting record back in uh, Borussia Dortmund. Um, and yes, he,
1: he definitely said it all. The the English press were bewildered. They were surprised that David Sancho hasn't played a lot in the Euros um, and that he's the one player that usually you would want to start and get, you know, to create chances to really run at defenses and split them open. But um, the garrison gate definitely had other plans um, for this match. And we hope to see him play more in the coming weeks and months, or coming weeks of the
0: Euros, and there's so much scrutiny when it comes to Southgate. I think he he did come out and try and save the situation in the press conference, where he was uh, captured as saying that um a lot of the players in the squad, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, that are uh, they are a bit inexperienced. So he was trying to 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 save them from the big game occasions. But then you field um, players like Phil Phillips. Uh, they can rise. Even Mason Mount doesn't really have uh, as much uh, experience in the European stage uh, as I'm comparing to players like Rashford, uh, uh, Sancho, who's been in the Champions League countless games, um, international stage, not so much, but he does have that exposure. Well, what did you think of that comment? Did you think it was a PR stunt gone wrong or he's misinformed or maybe we just didn't interpret what he was trying to convey? Uh, properly.
1: Wow, that's a very tough question to answer. Um, for me personally, it was a PR star going wrong because for me that's really not an excuse for not playing Sancho. Um, of course, yes, this is a very young England team, um, very young and talented England team that everyone is, you know, is expecting to go for the tournament. But if you look at the players, majority of them play in the big competitions that, that you mentioned. Europa yeah. League, Champions League, in the Premier League, in the Bundesliga, in La Liga, so they definitely yeah. have the experience of playing in big competitions. And um, like uh, like Alex Ferguson did many many years ago, um, he won he won the league with a bunch of kids, the class yeah. of ninety two. So yeah. for me, I, for me
0: personally, I feel the PR
1: stunt gone wrong.
0: I mean, especially for for the England squad because they they. Uh, believe that if you are good enough you're old enough exactly exactly I don't think age should be
1: you know used as an excuse you know, if we're not you know playing in the big game and especially in a big game like this one against Scotland I just hope that in the next couple of games that we get to see more Sancho and that we get to see you know England being a bit more attacking um, in the next games
0: yeah man uh, then the next games i think we will let's move on to to match day three where we'll discuss the teams that we haven't discussed uh that performances on um, on match day two man uh, we've got the big ones we've got the belgians we've got the italians we've got the, the dutch side which has i think has shocked everybody by the free-flowing football
1: oh yes uh, maybe we can start with belgium um, as you yeah. rightly mentioned Against Finland, they're definitely frustrated for about an hour for seventy-four minutes, um, to yeah. be exact. By the Finnish defense, they defended valiantly. Um, also, out uh, to go keep uh, Drazki, um, who was very, you know, solid for seventy-four minutes until for he scoring the own goal. So, just testament to how you know the Finnish side set up against Belgium by not giving them space by having Two blocks at one, at some point at one moment do at least two maybe three different defensive blocks yeah. just defending against uh, Belgium. So I say hats off to the Finnish side for you know playing valiantly for 34 minutes, uh, but unfortunately um, they weren't able to hold on and the quality of Belgium just showed and that's how they won uh, 2-0.
0: The mood back back where you are then, then Belgium must be quite buoyant, man. We've, we've seen dominant performances week in, week out from the, from the Belgian side. Lukaku consistent. Uh, Eden Hazard looks like he's coming back like a house on fire. Kevin De Bruyne doing whatever. He, he knows how to do best. Um, defensively, they've been solid. Zanaya, uh, I feel like he, he's really stepped up to the plate. Uh, Courtois hasn't really been tested as much as we had hoped but uh, he's been quite solid as well.
1: And you've said it all, actually. Um, the camp, <laughs> the confidence sorry, in, in Belgium is very high, and rightly so, because they have played very well. They, they have been very good. They've defended pretty well. They've scored a lot of goals. They've been very solid and very entertaining to watch, so it comes as no surprise that the confidence is high in the Belgian camp um, going forward in the tournament. Yeah, Raj. I
0: thought I lost you, Raj. Do you, Do you think there's um there's room in the in the, in the in the in the starting eleven for for Eden Hazard to start? Oh, <laughs> that's the million uh, euro question. Um,
1: <laughs> One million dollar. Um... I think there is because Eden Hazard brings you know so much to the team, um, with his dribbling, with his pace, taking on defenders. Um, but as you rightly mentioned, the Belgian team is full of talented players throughout the field. So fitting him into the starting eleven is you know <laughs> a big challenge. But um, seeing that he's really proven his fitness. Um, if we did not start, you know, the
0: next games, you know, for for Belgium going forward, do you think? And and I'm asking this because you're based back home. What's the general belief? Uh, is there are people anticipating that this one might be the the year to finally capture some 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 silverware? Uh,
1: yes, that's the that's the feeling here, in Belgium. That this is the tournament for Belgium to win, to show that they and why they're the number one ranked team in the world. So the confidence is high here in Belgium for sure. The expectations that they'll go all the way to the final and win, whether it's against France or whichever other team, we shall see in the next two weeks.
0: Yeah, and do you think Lukaku will win the, 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 the golden boots? Um, uh, personally speaking, I think he will for sure. I think he has the quality around him
1: to provide him with the passes. And the assist yeah. for him to score the goals. And I would definitely not bet against him, you know, winning a golden boot at the end of the Euros.
0: Yeah, uh, he, he's looked very, 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 very impressive, uh, controlled. Uh, he doesn't lose the ball. Uh, he can do everything, runs in behind, can be the target man. He drops to the wing like he does. He's really improved as a player. And I think those are elements of his game which have really um, uh, grown as as he has. And uh, definitely, I think the Italian league has really helped him dominate defenders. We would have thought the experience from the Premier League would have done that, but it seems like playing in the Serie A with Inter has really, really, really improved his game.
1: you're absolutely right about that. He has definitely improved since he moved to Inter. Milan and Quante, who's, of course, no longer the manager, now it's uh, um, Simeon Inzaghi. Um, But uh, with Conte, he definitely helped to improve his game, as you said. Um, He's more clinical. He holds the ball better. His touch is not, you know, so heavy. So that's why, for me, he's been the complete player uh, this year. And definitely one of my bets to get the golden boot and to take Belgium, you know, very fine, the Euros.
0: Yeah, man. And and team, we all expect to go very, very, very fine, the Euros is the French side. (sighs) Ah yes, uh, you're absolutely right about France. Um, after the
1: <laughs> after the second game against Hungary, uh, which was a draw, um, which of course was a disappointment in France. Uh, just looking at reading on social media and you know reading the newspapers, um, the expectation was for the French to dominate um, against Hungary, but Hungary definitely made it very difficult. You know, at a fully packed stadium um, in Budapest. And they just could not cope um, last time at the French. Uh, it was it was uh, very surprising to see the French struggle so much and hopefully they will improve in the next game. Um, they definitely did struggle the world champions for sure. So hats off to Hungary for making the game, you know, interesting and difficult for the world champions. And hopefully the French will improve uh, next time around.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think Mbappe is, has been having a... An average, an average tournament so far. The, I think the player that's really standing out on the, from the French side is uh, that 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 three, but not, uh, let's I'll say two: Pogba and Griezmann. They're really, really showing that class and the, the hunger to win this tournament. Uh, that'll really be a big achievement because I think uh, apart from Spain, uh, we haven't really had many many teams holding the double: uh, the World Cup and the Euro 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 Championship. You're
1: absolutely right. It is definitely. a Very difficult feat to achieve. Um, France, of course, achieved it in 1998, uh, winning the World Cup that year, and winning the Euros two years later in 2000. Spain having won the Euros in 2008 and then winning the World Cup in 2010 in South Africa, and winning the Euros again in 2012. It just shows um, how difficult it is, um, but with the right quality, the right manager, you can definitely go very far in these international tournaments and dominate, you know. European yeah. football and world football. And that's what the French like to do again this time around. But it will definitely not be a walk in the park.
0: Yeah, and no, I think uh, they have definitely have the right squad. Although they took a major, major blow as Dembele limped up with um, a, a muscle strain. I'm not too sure of the nature of the injury, but uh, yeah, that was definitely a big blow from that side. Uh,
1: definitely it was. Um I read that it was actually a knee injury that he, he suffered. So he's now um, out for the rest of the tournament. Um, yeah. And definitely is hard. To, it's really difficult to see, you know, a player like Dembele, uh, who worked so hard to become fit and for the Euros, and came yeah. on as a sub only to be injured again after yeah. playing. Uh, it's just uh, very sad. And I just hope that he recovers well. Um, but I look at the French side. They still have quality. And uh, so even if they lose... They've lost already Dembele for the rest of the Euros. They still have quality to help them get, you know, all the way to the final.
0: Yes, I think it's one of the, the, the best. I think it's the best part in the, in the in the tournament so far. I mean, look at looking at the players that don't start, and I feel like they could easily easily get in the starting lineups. Run into the other teams. They've got the Girouds, the the Lamar, They've got Sissoko, Sissoko. I feel like he he peaks too early though. But uh, Coleman as well, who came in in the last game and he was super explosive. I think he was robbed of a penalty there where Bruno fouled him in the area. What did you think of that uh, incident?
1: Uh, yes, and you brought us to a very good uh, part. Um, Interesting game uh, between France and Portugal. Um, that definitely was a penalty. Um, and uh, it was uh, well scored, um, by Benzema and it was definitely a very good game between France and Portugal uh, on the match day three and uh, and uh, definitely was entertaining um, to watch and of course uh, the expectation was the French would win against Portugal but yeah. the Portuguese realized at the same time, oh no, we need to get something as well otherwise we'll be eliminated. So Group F was definitely very interesting on the very last match day of the group stage and we'll talk about you know more uh of the implications and the possible and the team in the last 16 but uh, for me France Portugal is not definitely my game in the tournament or the group
0: stage um so far zero in on that moment uh I think it was one of the dying minutes of the game when koman came from the left wing and then cut inside towards the the box, and then Bruno, who had also just come as a substitute, uh, sort of clipped him on the on the back of his shin. There, do you or do you not think that was a penalty, Raj? Because from my observation, that was a clear penalty, and I think maybe the referee was was a bit overwhelmed by the situation and the implications of that decision. I don't know if you can recall that particular moment, Raj. Um,
1: yes, I can recall it, and. I agree with you. It was definitely a penalty because you cannot clip someone in the box, uh, file someone right in the box, and expect it not to be a penalty. So for me, that was quite confident. the referee. Definitely was a penalty, hundred
0: percent. So, so what, what, what was happening with, uh, with VAR? They were expecting it to 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 step in and maybe sort that out.
1: I think what they expected was uh, for VAR to overturn the decision of the penalty. And to cancel and say no, the penalty, but that's yeah. not what happened. So in the end, it was a penalty. It was a correct decision, and there we saw, you know, the effectiveness, you know, um, the referee and you know making the decision
0: in a very, you know, highly contested match. Yeah, and I think speaking of highly contested matches, I think the Italian match was a uh, was rather shallow, and I think. Rightfully so, because they rested uh, a lot of the, the the big name players. Immobile was on the bench. Uh, they got uh, a new and fresher line lineup?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, you're very correct. Yes, the last game of the group stage for Italy uh, against Wales was definitely, you know, it wasn't as high octane as the previous uh, oh. matches. So, definitely the scoreline, you know, was not surprising, to be honest. And because uh, the Italians were already qualified, as you said, for the next rounds, so he wanted. To, so Mancini decided to rest his players for the last sixteen. So I'm not surprised by the performance. Um, I mean, overall, Italy they got the job done um, without being spectacular, and they'll definitely be fresh for the last sixteen, um, which we'll speak about. Um, you know, in yeah, the just, next couple of minutes.
0: Yeah, I think we should just hop right into it and then just start with Italy as well. Um, just a reminder to to the audience: Italy faced Austria uh, this coming Saturday, nine PM. Uh, and that, well, that's on my side. I don't know if if um, whoever will be listening to, uh, to this podcast from Italy Austria. Do you think? Do you do you think why why anyone upset from Austria? Uh, to be honest, I don't
1: think so. I don't think they've been upset from Austria. Uh, I think Italy will be determined, will be very prepared for the game and will definitely make it, you know, a very difficult match for the Austrians to make it a long night, you know, for Alabanco. So I don't expect an upset of any kind.
0: Yeah. Italy unbeaten in the last 30 games. The longest joint run in the history. That's, that's, that's interesting. Absolutely. Just shows testament to the work that Manchini has done
1: since he's arrived at the job and he has made the team definitely, you know, um, more solid defensively. Also, the midfield is very strong attacking. They are getting the goals. They're maybe not as entertaining to watch, um, you know, as Spain, but they are definitely effective. And that's what has helped them, you know, maintain this unbeaten record. And that's what's going to get them, you know, all the way in the tournament to push them all the way
0: towards, you know, the final eventually. And you stress throughout the, the, the podcast that these are your dark horses. Uh, I think if age doesn't come into play, although anatovic is also a bit agey, but uh, Italy, is that game to lose.
1: Uh, definitely correct. I mean, uh, if you look at, as you said in the previous episodes, the defensive uh, solidity of Chiellini and Bonucci um, has helped the Italian side. That experience has helped the team. And I think they'll definitely make it a very difficult, you know, evening for Marko um yeah. on Saturday evening. So I would be surprised if Anotovich, you know, um, makes, you know, makes a makes it a, a very. And Kehlini, uh, I'll be very surprised, and that's if kelini starts because we do not have yet information on how long yeah. you'll be out. So yeah. hopefully. In the next episode, we'll have, you know, all the correct information about uh, Giorgio Chiellini.
0: Right, great. Well, wh- wh- what do you think of um, Sabitzer's uh, performance at this tournament? Um, For me, Sabitzer has been, you
1: know, uh, lukewarm. He hasn't really um, entertained as much. He hasn't really been, you know, yeah. the player that we see at Leipzig. Um this year, so for me, Sabitz is having, i say, a lukewarm tournament, but maybe tomorrow would be his chance to show his talent, you know, on this international stage.
0: Uh definitely, definitely. Could you try put your head on the block and try to predict that one, Royce? I think uh, Italy will walk away with a uh, with the big scoreline. I think the game will start out tight, and then uh, as it fizzles out, uh, I think the the, the and and and, and go first time. for Italy and I'm using my prophetic hat here. And then as the game wears into the dying phases, uh, Italy will get two more and walk away three no winners. But what's your prediction for that one, Roger? Uh, my prediction is also a three zero win for Italy. Um
1: I think they'll definitely control the game from the first minute to the last and make it, you know, a very long evening for Austria.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's- it's going to be a long evening for the Czech Republic as well. They they, they face uh, the Netherlands squad on the on, on the following Sunday. Um, now that's another interesting
1: interesting game to watch um, as well this coming weekend. Um, Czech Republic versus the Netherlands. Um, it's definitely interesting to see how um, Frank uh, <laughs> de Bois will prefer I his, will prefer his side um, against Czech Republic the Czech Republic as we have seen in the Euros, they're very compact, four two will not give you know the Dutch, you know, a lot of chances to score. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how the Dutch will counteract, you know, the defensive stubbornness of the Czechs. So yeah. an interesting game to watch.
0: In in our first episode we, we, we talked about these two sides history and in the international stage. We talked about how Netherlands has sort of fizzled out, but now they seem to be uh, 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 on the rise again and how the Czech Republic are on the co- complete opposite trajectory. Could this be the moment when the Czechs disappoints the nations? Well, that's a very difficult question
1: to answer, to be honest. Um, said, um, the Czechs have struggled in previous uh, tournaments, uh, European championship tournaments, and they've also struggled to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, previous broadcast but looking at this team i think it's a very strong team i think they'll want to be they'll play cautiously they're not going to go all out attack and they definitely want to go far in the tournament but facing this young uh flaboyant that side and often defensively shaky side uh, Dutch side if i may add um it's going to be definitely a complicated evening for the Czech Republic, but um, it definitely will be, you know, very interesting game to watch tactically um, on on Sunday.
0: It's very hard for me to to actually analyze the the Dutch squad's uh, tactics because uh, we talked about how the, that is a young squad, and I think it's starting to show in terms of that game management, and that, that that leaves me worried a bit. That uh, they they don't really control games as much as they they should. It's a bit disappointing looking at um, Wijnaldum in the middle of the park, Frankie Dijon, who plays with World Cup midfielders like uh, Busquets at Barcelona and the likes of Messi. And yeah, it, 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 it's a bit it's a bit concerning. Um, the amount of pressure that the lids, uh and 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 the blends and then the, the freezes often find themselves in always backpedaling, uh, facing towards goal. Why 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 is that the case, Raj? I believe
1: that's the case because they don't have um, a strong defensive midfield that can really protect the defense. If We look at the Dutch teams of yesteryear. Uh, we had uh, Nigel De Jong. He had Mark van Bommel, who would you know would put in tackles and you know. To protect the defense as much as possible, but now looking at this current uh, generation, I don't think they have that defensive midfielder that you know that has that bite that adds that bite to the midfield in that will go and tackle um, and protect the defense, you know, um, for over 90 minutes. So that's where I believe, like you said, the Dutch could be exposed in the midfield. Um, So that's where the game will be won and lost for me uh, on Sunday. So I just hope that. The the Dutch side defensively will be solid, will be ready um for the Czech Republic, but for me personally um the game will be won and lost in the midfield.
0: In the midfield. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the that in midfield of the, of the Dutch side. Memphis Depay, incredible performance at this tournament. And um, oh yes, I'm, he's I'm, I'm played
1: sure very well. He's...
0: Oh, yeah. well no. I'm sorry, Roger. Sorry, 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 I was just saying. Um, I'm sure we're all aware now that he's uh, recently finalised this move to the to the, the Camp Nou, where he'll be playing against other great players, such as Aguero and Lionel Messi. Uh, wh- I think his confidence would be all the way up, and then he'd be expecting to 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 get a top 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 class uh, performance at this at the rest of the games. Well, the next game really is what they'll be thinking about at this tournament. Uh, you're absolutely right. You said it all. Is it's now
1: is no longer you know breaking news. Memphis Depay has signed a contract with FC Barcelona for two years, um, until 2023, and he would definitely want to show in the rest of Euros, you know, why he he was chosen to sign for Barcelona, and why he is yeah. a top player that we all believe that he is. You know, looking back at his playing days at PSV Eindhoven, so I think the dash in the Dutch national team, he really want to show his talent, especially in the Euros and so far, he's looked good. He's playing pretty well. And we hope that, you know, it will continue against the Czechs
0: uh, on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So what, what are your predictions for that match, Raj? Uh, I'm, seeing, uh, I'm, I'm seeing another 3-0, 3-1. I think I'll give the Dutch uh, a 3-1 win over the Czech Republic team. Oh, that's a very ambitious score. Um, I think it's going to be quite tight. I think...
1: It's going to be very tight between the two teams and i am going to slightly give it to the dutch to be a win for the dutch
0: uh three two of course they're gonna concede
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah definitely i mean uh the defenses look shaky but we won't do until we watch the game at the weekend
0: yeah and, and do you think uh of, of of defenses that will concede. Do you think the Croats will be able to to, to keep out the Spanish team? Wow, well, that's
1: that's a that's a very good question. I think they'll struggle because Spain have a lot of quality uh, in attack. So the Dutch, sorry, not the Dutch, but the Croatian defense will definitely be tested um, in the last sixteen game and. They'll have to find a way to stop the likes of Morata and uh, Ferran Torres, Gerard Moreno. Because if they don't stop these players, then the Spanish team will definitely have a fun afternoon and they'll definitely make it, it a very difficult one for the Croats.
0: Yeah, it'll, it'll be quite interesting in that one. Uh, predictions? Oh, well, well, based on what
1: I saw from Spain in their last game, of course, you say you no, know, it's just Slovakia and. That was a very poor <laughs> Slovakia side. Um, I'm going to put my head on the block and I think Croatia going to slightly edge it. Just slightly. 3-2.
0: Um, Is Croatia 3-2? Two? Croatia 2-3-2, two, yeah. yes. That, that's, that's, a, that's a shocking prediction. I, I think uh, the Spanish side will 2-0 for this one. Yes. I don't think <laughs> uh, that of line of Croatia has really been performing to the level at which at which we expect it to be. Perisic has been average as well, um, so two 0 Spain. It's that's a, a good smooth, prediction. Smooth, swiftly along, Roger. I don't know. We're running behind time, and I, I hope that the people listening to this will will forgive us. Uh, but I know they're enjoying our voices. So, that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Belgium, Portugal. Ah, uh, between. Belgium and Portugal and uh, England-Germany, Raj, in your opinion, which one of the two is the big game? Taking into cognizance um, the team's current form and the current squad, England-Germany-Belgium-Portugal, which one is the bigger game?
1: Well, wow. I'd say the big game is Belgium versus Portugal, for sure, because yeah. it's a game between the number one ranked team uh, in the world versus the defending uh, European champions, so that definitely has you know the glitter and the glamour with all the yeah. big stars. So that's be the big game. Not you know discrediting England versus Germany. That's also a very big game to watch um, as well. Uh, so Belgium's journey for me is definitely the big game.
0: Yeah, Ronaldo Lukaku, who's gonna have the last laugh?
1: Wow, um, I'm going to put my head on the block and say Lukaku. I think Belgium are going to edge that game just slightly. Um, I say slightly because the Portuguese also have good, you know, attacking players, but it will depend yeah. on how uh, the Portuguese set up. So in terms of uh, score prediction, I say Belgium will win
0: uh, a 3-2 against Portugal. 3-2, yeah. wow. Yeah, nah. It's an interesting game though. It's an interesting game. Portugal certainly can, can can get at Belgium and Belgium can likewise do the same. They've got the Bruyne uh, They've got Hazard. They've got Lukaku. It's it's it's, it's tough to predict, and it's it's, it's tough to predict a low-scoring game. It's also tough to predict a high-scoring game. Um, I know Portugal's recent results, uh, especially against Germany, were poor, but uh, the defensive record, um, I think, it speaks for itself. has it's been quite solid. But yeah, I think Belgium will will, will just snatch this one with the with a, with a one-nil. 1 0, what with the 1 0, the narrow 1 0 win?
1: Uh, yeah, I can, that I can accept, you know, as a Belgium uh, supporter, yeah, I can accept a 1 nil victory. I'll take that any day. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> what, 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 what attracts you to Belgium, Roger? What, what, what do you like about that style of play?
1: I like how they play 3 4 3 um, with yeah. wing backs, the fact they have a solid defense with. Um, uh, Victrongen on the left adebar on the right and yeah. Boyata in the middle you know to be the defensive you know linchpin yeah. and the wingbacks backs Meunier on the right um Dorganaza on the left and the midfield of um, De Bruyne and uh, Witzel that's just quality and you go up top you have Lukaku as your number nine you have Eden Hazard, yeah. and you have uh, Carrasco so it's just it's just quality all over, and that's what you know I like about the Belgian team. And even looking at the bench, they have still top quality players like Jeremy Doku, Avren, and um, who can come yeah. on and who can dribble and who looked very good, you know, in the last game against Finland. So for me, what I appreciate about the Belgian team is the quality that they have all over the pitch. It's just incredible yeah. to see.
0: Ah, uh, honestly, honestly, honestly. Ah, oh, man, no, no, no better squad to have a. Uh, to have more quality than France. I think, can, uh, let me just start this conversation by asking your prediction for the, Fran- the French versus the Swiss. Who do you think, and I'm saying this sarcastically, who do you think is going to go through in this in this match-up, Raj? <laughs> uh, definitely France
1: will go through, for sure. I think the quality, well, not even I think, well, definitely the quality will be too much for the Swiss. So France will go through and they'll win
0: 2-0. Yeah. And who do you think is getting those goals?
1: Tesla goals. I'm hoping Mbappe will get a goal and Benzema.
0: Yep. Why do you think Mbappe hasn't 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 given us something yet, Raj? Is it difficult to play through European stages, or there's been a, a greater focus on blocking his spaces? Because what I've observed is that uh, all of all the fullbacks have the support of the centre back as well as uh, the defensive back on one on them.
1: I believe it's the teams have, you know, have blocked him, you know, um, in terms of, you know, him finding spaces to run and run at defenders. So that's why he has struggled so far um in the tournament. But I do believe that now that you know the Euros have because this is the last sixteen, he'll want to play a lot better. He'll want to show his talent on the international stage. And I think that's what he'll definitely do in the last sixteen against Switzerland.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Right. So, you're yeah, predicting a, a French win, two 0
1: A French win, two nil.
0: I, I think this will, this will be one of the highest scoring games of the of the of, of the tournament, and if not, uh, the highest scoring games of the of the round of sixteen. I'm I'm, I'm seeing a a four one, four one, four one win to the French squad with a uh, Graceman and definitely Mbappe uh, registering, and hopefully, granted. Yeah, squatching head out from a corner. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bold prediction. Uh, well, maybe it will happen, you know,
1: uh, on the day, uh, but we shall see.
0: <laughs> yeah, we shall, we shall, we shall. England-Germany, talk about it.
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, England-Germany, that's a big game. Um, personally, I'm divided because um, I have... German friends and I've lived in Germany for two years and I know the German culture and on the English side my best friend is half English so um I don't know Tabang if you're listening to this I uh I hope I won't make you angry mate um but in all seriousness England versus Germany is the game to watch um I know that the England. English national team want to do better against Germany. Uh, oh. If you go back to the 2010 World Cup, um, the English were ripped apart by the Germans um, yeah. in South Africa.
0: Game in that one.
1: It was definitely a game to forget for the English, and the Germans will want to maintain their good record against the English. So it would definitely be an interesting game to watch. Um, I do expect England to be defensive against the Germans they are not going to I don't expect England to attack the Germans um, in that game Um, and on the other hand I expect Germany to definitely take the game to the English um, when they play it will definitely be a very interesting game to watch
0: yeah and score predictions
1: Um, I am backing the Germans to slightly just slightly with the game Uh, so I'm going uh, 3-2 to Germany
0: is it yes just ah, slightly who, who do you think will be in the defensive lineup to be Shaw, Maguire, stones and then uh, uh walker or there's going to be a bit of shuffling and from the southgate side um depend oh yes that's a good question you ask because uh
1: maybe we did not tell this to the listeners um yeah. uh Benchi and Mason Mount have been forced to quarantine after getting into contact with Billy Gilmore, uh, who, who yeah. caught COVID after their game, um, after their game between England and Scotland. So I would definitely not be surprised to see Sean the starting lineup, Maguire as well, um, John Stones and Kyle walk on the right. Um, yeah. But of course, uh, Gareth Southgate he keeps his cards close to his chest, so we, prob- we will definitely not know the lineup until perhaps his press conference or even the day of
0: the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh, it's definitely not coming home. I think Germany, although rumor has it this is their weakest squad, but with players like Kroos uh, in, in, inside, I think they'll have the, the dominance in the midfield uh, coming against Kevin Phillips and uh, they can rise. I think there'll be too much for them. Um, I, I'm, like, I'm expecting a, a 2-1 England. I mean, England defeat. Um <laughs> but i'm hoping that england really does better because every tournament we come in with expectations from this english side but they they just fall short i think it's the universe needs to cut them a break absolutely um there definitely is the pressure
1: from the uh the english press from the supporters for England to go far in tournaments and that's why they have failed in a big tournament the last couple of years uh except 2018 uh, world cup in Russia where there were no expectations um oh. nobody expected them to go you know to reach the semi-finals of the world cup uh, even Salgate said we'll go as far as we can we'll take it one game at a time and that's the approach that helped them um yeah. you know playing with the three-five-two, um seeing the way the team played very well um and managing the game of course in the final fortunately uh, against croatia they lost control but uh, looking at the euros uh, this time around and um, of course they have been frustrating to watch at times especially the scotland game wow. um and having only scored two goals in the group stages a lot more will be expected from them now that as we say the heroes have started so the pressure will be there um, for england and whether they will you know answer you know the critics will we shall see, you know, in the game against Germany.
0: Yeah, yeah, we really shall. Ah, Raj, right. we 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 we've analysed the big teams, and i would just like to quickly, before we wrap this up, we've got about two minutes in our recording session to just uh, focus on the, on the on the on the smaller, on a so-called smaller games. Sweden, Ukraine. Who do you think is walking away with that one? Uh, my money's on the Swedes to go through. Uh, two zero. <laughs> two zero Sweden. I think one zero Ukraine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wales, Denmark.
1: Oh, well, that's a tough one. Um, two good teams. Um, the Wales, you know, not the oils, not the same team of 2016, uh, but the Danes have looked very good as well. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to give it to Denmark. They, I think, they're going to slightly edge it to one.
0: Ah, we're, we're having conflicting predictions here, guys? I think the the Welsh team is. It's good on the counter, and I think they'll, they'll, they'll add this one to one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's good to have conflicting, you know, results, uh, predictions rather. So why not? It, it makes
0: the podcast very interesting. Yeah, for sure, Roz. And I think it's been one of the a very interesting podcasts between you and I. And I don't know if you have any, have any final words. Um, on my end, I just say I just can't wait for Saturday
1: to finally watch the last sixteen, and to see who's going to go all the way to the final on the eleventh of July. Uh, that's all I have to say.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, well, let's keep in touch. I think our next uh, discussion will be next week, uh, Wednesday or Thursday uh, after the matches. I think the final match of the of the round of sixteens uh, is the. Ukraine versus Sweden game which is on the on Tuesday the 29th of June uh side excited for the round of 16 uh, definitely this has been one of my my my, my, my most entertaining european championships to uh, to view certainly at my at my age now I'm much wiser now I I see um, the plays better I'm analyzing games much much better and i agree with you 100%
1: definitely I definitely, I personally did not expect the tournament to have so many goals, but I've been proved wrong, and I hope there'll be more goals in the in the following in the following games uh, in the next two weeks. And I just look forward to being able to analyze, you know, the last sixteen uh, with years also quarterfinals, um, the semis, and the final itself. So just looking forward to speaking, you know, more about Euros in the next couple of days.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, great stuff, man. It's been uh, another interesting episode of the Green Pitch with your host uh, Roger Hatsinzi. Is that how you say your saying him, Raja? I, I, I've always, uh, I've always uh, sort of avoided saying it because uh, <laughs> that the pronunciation. I'm I'm always scared of butchering it. Could you just say it? For me? Yeah. It's a Gatsinzi. oh Gatsinzi. oh, because uh, you know in Botswana. But we, we have this when we say G A it's ha it's this is very very difficult. Ah uh, yes, I remember those days. It's okay. Um, it's oh, fine. Not, not many people
1: can say my name correctly. I'm used to it by now. I'm even called Gatzynski. um Oh. <laughs> so I think I have a Polish uh, brother that I don't know somewhere. <laughs> uh, but all jokes aside, yes, um, Gatzynski. And I'm always happy to host uh, the Green Pitch with you. And looking forward to um, to analyzing the last 16 with you next week.
0: Uh, catch up to you, right? It's been incredible. Cheers.
1: As, It's been a pleasure, thank you so much and let's have, you know, a great
0: start to the weekend. Uh, Definitely, and let's stay safe and keep observing the COVID protocols, uh, wearing our masks, uh, social distancing when we have to, and then, yeah. Yeah, definitely and uh,
1: for our listeners, please uh, continue to support us. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to our episodes and we hope to bring you more and improved episodes in the following days. so continue listening and don't hesitate to share with your friends, you know, um on social media. So thank you so much for your support and long may it continue.
0: Ah bye man, long may we continue, Raj.
1: Pleasure. Pleasure speaking with you. So take care and thank you so much.
0: Ah thank you, Raj.
1: Okay. Take care. Bye.